on-demand coverage. This is the PFT PM Podcast. And now, your host, Mike Florio. June 7th edition of the PFT PM Podcast. I don't have a lot of time today because I've been on puppy duty for most of the afternoon. I was here alone, and usually that means you get a nice little nap in, maybe a workout in. Not today, not anymore. Because the puppy's got to be taken care of. The puppy's got to be taken outside so the puppy can pee, or as the case may be, not pee, or as the case may be, pee when you bring her back inside. I'm learning the cues and the signals, and you got to move fast. I mean, I thought dogs, like, sniffed around for a good 20 to 25 seconds before they do their business. She starts sniffing, and you got five seconds. You are diffusing that bomb. Scoop her up, get outside, and hope you get to the grass. Although, who cares if you don't make it to the grass, as long as you're outside. So we've got three spots on the rug under our pool table that have baking soda on them. And there have been two or three others that I've cleaned up on the tile. It's a lot easier to clean it up on the tile, obviously. And when I put her in her crate, she's got a crate with a bed in it. She's fine. She zones out, sleeps. Then after an hour and a half, a little food, a little water. But yeah, one thing I'm learning, as soon as you take her out of the crate, take her straight outside. So she's just stubborn enough to be a pain in the ass. Not like completely stubborn to the point where you wonder whether it can even discern that there's another being around. I mean, she knows I'm there and she knows what I want her to do. And 85% of the time she does it. But she's only about seven or eight weeks old, I think. So we'll get there. We'll get there. But it's nice to be off puppy duty. I had no idea what it was going to entail. And if I had, I don't know. It's really not my dog. It's more along the lines of like my kid really wanted it and my wife finally warmed up to it and I wanted a dog to be here when I'm not home. And this dog's going to get to about 90, 95 pounds. So it'll be, and she's already got a decent bark when she decides to use it. But we'll see how this goes. We, we tried a dog for a weekend in 2005, and it did not go well. So the dog ended up with my sister-in-law, and the dog is still alive and doing well, and my son still regards it as his dog. This time around, I'm going to have to see it through. This time around, the dog stays. I may lose my mind along the way, but the dog stays. All right, T.O. does not stay in Canton, or at least he won't be going there for... His Hall of Fame enshrinement. You know the story by now. Let me give you the quick summary. Owens issued a statement in the middle of the afternoon or early afternoon, whenever it was. I don't know. It's all a blur because I've been chasing a dog around for the last five hours. But Owens decided not to go to Canton for the Hall of Fame induction coming up in early August. And everyone assumes he's not going because he got snubbed twice before he got in. But if that was the case, he would have said so. He would have made it clear that he's not going because of getting snubbed. He would have said it back when he got in. It would have been the ultimate middle finger. Thank you for letting me in. Thank you for letting me in. I'm not coming to your party. Here's what he said instead. I have already shared this info. I'm missing the right Let me try that again. Here's what he said. 
After visiting Canton earlier this year, I came to the realization that I wish to celebrate what will be one of the most memorable days of my life elsewhere. At a later date, I will announce where and when I will celebrate my induction. Now, I think that one very reasonable theory is that he's going to try to have something that would be televised, maybe. Maybe up against ESPN and NFL Network. Maybe give his speech right when Randy Moss gives his. Wouldn't that be something? See who gets bigger ratings. But here's what I'm exploring. And I don't think it's irresponsible, not that that ever stops me, to lay out the theory that I'm exploring. It may not be accurate, it may be accurate, but somebody who I think knows a thing or two about these issues has a theory. When Terrell went to Canton, see, something happened when he went to Canton. It's possible he went to Canton, he looked around and he said, why do I want to come back to Canton? That's not me, that's him. I'm just trying to understand what he may say. Maybe he went to the Hall of Fame. You know, the first time I went to the Hall of Fame, 2005, I wasn't impressed. The room with all the busts I thought was spectacular. The rest of it, eh. And I guess it's gotten better. But here's the theory, and I wish I'd thought of this. When you go to the Hall of Fame weekend, you're there for three, four days. There's a bunch of associated events. They have the gold jacket ceremony. They have the parade. You're at least there three days. You bring friends and family, right? Well, Somebody pays for that. Typically, it's not the individual who's gotten into the Hall of Fame. Typically, there is someone who will underwrite those expenses. Typically, it's the team the player played for. Who's going to underwrite Terrell Owens' expenses? He's burned every bridge that he ever had. You think the 49ers are going to underwrite? You think the Eagles Eagles are going to underwrite? The Cowboys, you think they offered to pay? He wasn't with anyone long enough, and he isn't identified as a member of one team long enough, and he didn't maintain the relationship with any one team where an owner would say, we're taking care of Terrell Owens. Then there's the party. He'd be the only guy who didn't have a party. All these other folks have lavish parties. Somebody's paying for it, or you're paying for it yourself, and Terrell Owens isn't going to pay for it himself. So maybe he has a party that is thrown by the network that broadcasts his Hall of Fame induction. And I don't know who it would be. He's been doing a lot of media lately, though. A lot. Maybe he's looking for a partner who will throw a party and bring the stage and broadcast his speech and pay for everything that goes along with it and maybe give him a little scratch on top of it. That's the theory. And it's, I, I don't think it's implausible. I'm not reporting it. I'm just saying that's a theory someone has. Maybe we can put some meat on that bone. Maybe we can't. But the theory makes sense. I think it makes a lot of sense. And that would be the thing that makes the most sense when you consider he went to Canton. Yeah, he went to Canton, and they had conversations about what happens. And at some point, the issue of who pays for all this crap came up. And he quickly realized that if someone isn't paying for it, other than him, it will be him. And I don't think, I mean, EA, I don't think they're going to spring for it. He's just on the cover of their Hall of Fame edition. They're going to have a, an actual active player who's on the cover of Madden 19. So I think that may be the issue. That may be the problem. Julian Edelman has a problem. Suspended four games for violating the PED policy, subject to appeal. Somebody had it on Reddit yesterday. Burner account. 
We're going to hear more about burner accounts. This Brian Colangelo thing, as big of a mess as I thought it was. Surely there are burner accounts, and surely we're going to find out more about people in the NFL who have burner accounts. Not a whole lot else happening today. The Donald Trump connection to the Colin Kaepernick collusion grievance, we've written about it, talked about it briefly on PFT Live. I don't know that they're going to be able to get Donald Trump under oath, but man, it's fascinating. Worlds are colluding. I mean, colliding. The two things that have introduced collusion and the lexicon coming together. NHL player Devontae Smith-Pelly says he won't go to the White House if the Capitals close out the Stanley Cup final. You know, hockey players usually don't get involved in controversy, except when they're playing hockey and they're fighting or when they're yelling to the referee, have another donut. Typically, you don't get a lot of acrimony. You don't get a lot of controversy. But Devontae Smith-Pelly speaking his mind. I'm sure that he's got teammates who are cursing him for jinxing them because you know that's what will happen now. He talked about going to the White House. It's like touching the trophy, although I think both the Golden Knights and the Capitals touched the conference championship trophy. But I bet you there are guys in the locker room who are saying, hey, man, you're jinxing us. Not, not, not we don't want you to get into politics. They don't care about that. You've jinxed us by talking in a way that presumes we're going to win this. So... We'll see where that one goes from here. First, the Capitals have to win. Will there be members of the Stanley Cup champion who decide not to go and make it clear why they're not going? All right, like I said, I don't have a ton of time today. I wanted to make sure we did it, though. We are going to have Greg Rosenthal hopefully tomorrow. I think tomorrow works. Today would have been a problem because I had to do the whole puppy thing. And, and it's my first day with the puppy, so I really don't know, like, what to, uh, like, could I have squeezed out an hour without the dog yelping or barking? I don't know. All right, let's see what questions we have here. PFTPM Posse coming through. Mike likes dirt. Do you think the Ravens lost the two OTAs because Lamar Jackson broke too many ankles and blew too many minds? No, I think that they were having too much bump and run coverage trying to trying to get the receivers ready to go because that's their their Achilles heel. And I think they made the conscious decision they were going to roll the dice. Mike likes dirt. What do you see the competitive dynamic for talent being between the XFL, AAF, and NFL? How will it change the draft, undrafted free agent pools and free agency? Well, I asked Charlie Ebersaw yesterday, point blank, will a player who is under contract with the AAF have the ability, middle of the AAF season, to say, see you later, I'm going to go get onto an NFL 90-man roster? How freely will that door revolve? I don't know. With all the other leagues out there, this is why some people believe the CFL is going to get rid of its two-year commitment because the CFL is going to be competing with the XFL, the AAF. And if you have options in these other leagues and the pay is comparable and there's a league that lets you go to the NFL whenever you want, then that makes more sense. I think the competition will be between the XFL and the AAF. I think that's where it will be an issue. Because both are going to want to get the best available players. 
And at some point, you can have, I mean, you can't have a salary cap between leagues. You can have one league that is paying a certain amount and another league that just can't get there. That's why one of these may die quickly. I was impressed by the extent to which the AAF is funded and they're doing it right. And at some point, you got to make revenue. And the sooner you make revenue, the better. Because I think one of these two spring leagues is going to get left in the dirt and they're not going to be around. PFTPM Posse says, Charlie Ebersol makes it sound like the AAF is going to be a true alliance between fans, players, and the league, and will happily support player initiatives. Could you see some bottom-of-the-roster or late-career big names choosing AAF over the NFL to have a voice? I don't know about that. I think that it'll be driven by economics. It'll be like the MLS is with the European soccer leagues, whatever they are. What are they? You know, like with Real Madrid and, and FC Barcelona, is that what they're called? All those leagues over there, the big money leagues, the Premier League, when guys just can't do it anymore, like when Beckham came over and played in the MLS, I think you'll see guys who still want to play who decide, well, I'll just play in the AAF or the XFL. And it'll be interesting to see if guys who want, like Terrell Owens, the aforementioned Terrell Owens, he says he wants to play, he wants to play, he wants to play. All right, what if the AAF offers him a gig? Will he play? I think at some point, you'll see some aging star players decide, hey, if I want to keep playing, this is how I can play. And here's the other thing, too. Will you see NFL players on loan? Will they have an arrangement like that where it's understood the player is going to go to the AAF, spend the season there, and then come back, but still be under contract? Like, the NFL will waive the provision in the standard player contract which says you can't participate in other football leagues you waive it and you say here go do this just like players did with the world league i could see that happen there's a lot of of things that need to be worked out but i could see that happen very easily pftpm policy member toddster 1224 does the cba prevent any negative consequences or punishment of a player who misses optional workouts such as demoting them to second or third string if so how could they prove it now you can't do anything to suggest that the workouts are anything but voluntary and i remember thomas jones staying away from bears optional workouts 10 12 years ago and when he came back he was third string and there was some there was some rumbling about maybe something happening there but I, I think that now there would be a bigger fight if someone would do that. But, you know, the guys who need to be there need to be there. And if your starting job is in jeopardy, if your roster spot's in jeopardy, you're making a huge mistake not being there. Because then you're going to get cut. And you're never going to be able to prove you were cut because you didn't show up for OTAs. You're going to be cut because you weren't good enough. And if you weren't good enough because you didn't show up for OTAs, well... Shit happens. Andy Thompson, 95. Any updates on who will be on the Madden 2019 cover? Seems a bit late to release who will be on the cover. T.O. will be on the Hall of Fame edition, as PFTPM Posse points out, but Andy Thompson responds. Boy, they're getting all sorts of conversations going on here. I saw that for the Hall of Fame edition. Is that for the regular game as well? It's not. There will be in July, I'm told. I tweeted this. PFTPM Posse, I thought you followed the Twitter account. July is when the standard game 
cover athlete will be named. And I think T.O. knows who it's going to be. I think he hinted at that when this all came out. PFTPM policy, what does it take to earn your stripes with the Browns? I won as many games as they did last year. Do I get to earn my stripes? I wouldn't want them anyways. Somebody pointed out the helmet actually looks better without the stripes. Like, keep the stripes. I like it like this. See, I like it this way. Kramer, when he got the suede jacket off of Jerry because Jerry wore it out into the rain because Alton Bennis would not let him walk down the street with his daughter with his jacket turned inside out in the snow. Master of the house. PFT PM Posse, Big Ben says he would be there every day if the coach asked him. Did he say that because he knows the coach can't ask him to be there without violating the voluntary part of OTAs? Is Ben trying to trap Tomlin into violating the CBA? You know, we talked about this on PFT Live and I wrote about it today. And some people are like, oh, you're making something out of nothing. But I can't imagine Tomlin's happy with this. Because either Ben kind of outed Tomlin as somebody who does talk to the players and say, hey, I want you at the OTAs, which he can't do. Or... Ben is using against Tomlin the fact that he isn't going to tell any player what to do because he can't. And it makes Tomlin look like he's not as intense, not as buttoned up, not as committed, not as detail-oriented as other coaches. I I just can't imagine Tomlin being happy with what Roethlisberger said. My burner account from your previous interviews with the AAF and the XFL, doesn't it seem like the AAF is light years ahead? I know they're launching a year early, but Oliver Luck said very little. I agree with you. Now, the question is, a year ago right now, where was the AAF? See, I think that Vince McMahon rushed his league to the announcement stage because he caught wind of what the AAF was going to do. I mean, it's a hell of a story. A year ago, Charlie Ebersol produces an XFL documentary that culminates in Vince McMahon and Dick Ebersol musing about doing it again. That was the big takeaway I had. Oh my God, they're going to do it again. Well, no. Ebersol's doing it again with his kid. And Vince McMahon decides, well, screw it, I'll do it again. And I'm going to announce mine before you. But the last laugh goes to, well, the last laugh goes to whoever makes it. But Oliver Luck and company have a lot of catching up to do. My burner account wants to know any news on the Jameis Winston investigation. No, no, that one's weird. I mean, the NFL moves at its own pace, but we're getting closer and closer to the start of the season. And if he's going to be suspended, he needs to have time to appeal. Now, I would say he needs to have time to file suit too, but we know how that goes. That's over now. As a practical matter, that's done. You take your lumps and you move on. What else do we have here? PFTPM policy is someone who's always felt the best way to solve the problem of a lack of franchise quarterbacks was to have a developmental league like NFL Europe, but in the U.S. so that more guys could play and get that experience. Will the AAF provide this for the NFL? It could. It could. That's the idea. Develop these guys. Develop quarterbacks, all the other positions, referees. You know, I would put NFL officials on loan to the AAF and have them work as long as the rules are the same or substantially the same. It can develop a lot of people in a lot of roles that will get them ready for the NFL. PFTPM Posse says, we think you should tell the PFTPM guests that since they are only there at the behest of the PFTPM Posse, that they should officially join the Posse or face the potential consequences and repercussions. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do that. If they choose to join, then, then that's all that matters, right? You don't want them to be forced. It's kind of like forced patriotism. We don't want that, well, unless we do. PFTPM Posse member Man of Water 3615 wants to know about more about the Trump-Pence subpoena in the Kaepernick case. How likely are they to testify under oath? What could happen? 
any outcome more or less likely. Look, here's what has to happen. Kaepernick's lawyers have to first convince the system arbitrator that it's necessary to question President Trump, Vice President Pence, and anybody else who would know that that Trump had this agenda to really pester and hassle and taunt the NFL and keep Colin Kaepernick from being employed because that was the report and that was what Trump thumped his chest about March of 2017 at a rally, I think, in Kentucky. He said, did you see this, folks? NFL owners aren't hiring Colin Kaepernick because they're afraid they're going to get a nasty tweet from me. Now, he didn't confirm it, but he did say it. He did acknowledge it. Ask him that under oath. See, I think if I was the arbitrator, I'd be like, what's really the relevance here? And if I was the NFL, because I I don't think I want to drag Donald Trump into this, right? He's already pissed at us. I don't think I want to be involved in any litigation where he's forced to testify against his wishes. I think the NFL maybe would just say, we'll stipulate to the fact that the president didn't want Colin Kaepernick in the NFL, or we'll still, whatever, we'll, we'll see. You tell us what you hope to get out of this testimony, and we may stipulate to it so we don't need him. You can stipulate to anything. It's great. I try to do that in as many of the cases I handled as possible. The two sides figure out what they agree on. So you don't have to waste your time proving it. So you read the stipulation. The judge reads the stipulation, and I've had like as many as 20 of them. The parties here to stipulate as follows. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So that's all a given. You're not fighting over that. Don't clutter your minds up, members of the jury, because that's all accepted. So I could see the NFL offering to stipulate with Colin Kaepernick as to what President Trump and Vice President Trump would have to say in avoiding this altogether. I mean, I think it's a long shot. And it also puts the thing on hold for however long it takes to fight this out. Or maybe this is just the the smokescreen for the dramatic turn that was promised eight days ago. PFTP and Posse, what excuse do you expect from Julian Edelman regarding his suspension? How likely is it that Belichick told him to keep quiet because it's against the Patriot way? Look, I, I don't know. Is he a TB12 guy? Was there something in the avocado ice cream? I don't know. My burner account says the real reason T.O. isn't going to the Hall of Fame speeches is because he knows Ray Lewis will take up the entire time for his incoherent rambling speech. Uh, Look, and and let me just say this. I'm not upset that Terrell isn't going to be there. Any one of these guys want to choose not to be there, that's fine by me. Because few of them understand the value of brevity. And people get mad when I say that. Well, this is their opportunity. They've worked their whole life, and they have the right to stand there for as long as they want. Yeah, and I have the right to say, come on, this sucks. When's it going to end? I mean, some of them have just been horrible. Now, if you're going to engage us and be entertaining for 45 minutes, take 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 90 minutes. But, you know, the ones who just aren't entertaining, and think about it, it's a TV show. And I've said for years now, if you're going to show it live, you have to work with these guys on speech writing and delivery and brevity because it has to come off like a TV show. And if you're going to let these guys just go up and go stream of consciousness like I do every day on this podcast and just go, then you tape it and you edit it and you play the best stuff in a more confined package. 
But there's not enough sensitivity to the fact that this is a TV show. It's like you're going to a rubber, rubber chicken dinner and, and no one has self-awareness. My, my wife got an award from her high school back in March and we went to the dinner and I was dreading it because you're going to have seven or eight people speaking and they're just going to go on and on and on and on and on. And I told my wife, whatever you do, keep it short. And of course, she busted my chops during her speech for saying, whatever you do, keep it short. But she kept it short. And everybody kept it short. Everybody was extremely self-aware and sensitive to the fact that people don't want to sit there for three hours and listen to this. And I don't care how ardent a football fan you are. You don't want to sit there for three hours on a Saturday night in early August and just listen to this drone on and on and on and on. We want to be entertained. And there have been some speeches that aren't entertaining. So if one guy says, I'm out, good. That's one lesson we got to sit through. Because I can't recall a single time when the Hall of Fame process ended and I thought, boy, that was great. My burner account also says, might come down for dinner. Oops, forgot to change over to my other account. Well done. Recliner QB with the NFL not doing anything about the ownership situation with the Titans and a similar situation with the Broncos they won't like. And with more owners getting older, with many heirs, does this feel like it could snowball into a bigger issue quickly? How can they fix these? I think the Titans and the Broncos issues are two very different things. In the Titans situation, the problem is Bud Adams divided his team up between three branches of his family tree with equal parts, 33 and a third percent going to each of the three branches of his family tree. He had three kids. But he gave none of them control. He gave none of them final say. And the NFL demands that there be one owner who is in control. And what they're trying to pull off in Tennessee is Amy Adams Strunk to pass her control when she's done over to Kenneth Adams IV, who's on one of the other trees. And it's not supposed to be that way. It's like royalty. It's supposed to pass down the family tree of Amy Adams Strunk. You can't jump it over to another family member. Or you sell it. And one of the siblings is selling. So the NFL apparently has backed off. I still don't know that it's all completely resolved, but the NFL has backed off. And the NFL backed off when the Titans said, hey, we'll just file an antitrust lawsuit. I think the NFL knows at some level to have a hard time enforcing rules that tell individual business owners how to own their businesses, how to sell their businesses, how to divest their businesses when the time comes for them to step aside from owning and operating the business. Now, as to the Broncos... Pat Bowen came up with a plan. Three trustees will decide which of his seven children has earned the ability to run the team. It's like a bizarre Willy Wonka contest. But if Willy Wonka had seven kids instead of five strangers, no golden tickets, just, you know, you are his children and they're going to pick one. And it blew up because one of the kids said, hey, I've met the requirements, I want to be the sole owner. And the trustees have said, basically, sit down and shut up. You have not, and you never will. And I think litigation can happen, but, I mean, if the trust is... And I, I think that Pat Bolin, knowing where this was heading and knowing that he had Alzheimer's and knowing that he only had a certain amount of time to get his affairs in order, my guess is they got it together and it worked. And I think it will work. Recline to QB, how much of Eric Flowers' issues with the Giants could have been mitigated by having an agent. A good agent might have advised Eric to handle things differently, as well as finding out from management what he could do. And it's more than that. I talked about this earlier in the week. If there are issues that need to be addressed, the player 
isn't in the best position to do it. The agent is. The agent has a separate relationship with the coach, with the GM. It came up when we were talking about Lamar Jackson. Even though Lamar Jackson has a contract, you want to have a third person who knows Ozzie Newsom and or Jim Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, or both, and can say what needs to be said. It's hard for the player to say it. It's easier for the agent to say it. Recliner QB, finding quality players won't be tough for the AAF. Finding quality quarterbacks will be, just like it is in the NFL. Do you think they may craft the rules to reduce the impact of the QB, make them not as important, or or make them even safer? You know, one of the things I've talked about for the NFL, and people lose their minds when I say this, but they've been losing their minds about quarterback safety for 40 years. Just make the rule the same as it is for kickers and punters. Nobody ever says pejorative things about kickers and punters because you can't hit them after the ball's out. What if you can't hit the quarterback after the ball's out? That would definitely make life a little bit easier for quarterbacks. On tour forever, where do you think the last AAF franchise will be placed? My guess is the San Francisco Bay Area, considering a lot of the infrastructure team is going to be based out of San Fran. I guess that's possible. Where would they play, though? Will they play in the Oakland Coliseum? Somebody responded by saying San Antonio received a proposal. Charlie Ebersole said yesterday he knows who the eighth city is, and other cities have come forward, but they know where they're going. Sergio D., would John Harbaugh actually pay his fine, or is there an unspoken arrangement that the club pays these types of fines? Listen, I know something about John Harbaugh, and I can't get into the details yet, but eventually I will be able to, and I hate when people do that, but I want you to know that I'm speaking from a position of credibility. I don't think that John Harbaugh would ever play those games. Now, say what you will about whether or not he was stepping on lines and maybe going too far, but I think when it's time for something like that and he knows that it's improper for anyone else to pay his fine, I think he's going to suck it up and write the check. I really do. And maybe one of these points I'll be able to to share with you why I think that, and hopefully I'll remember to say, hey, that's the thing about John Harbaugh that made me believe he's just going to pay the fine and not screw around. Especially since he's partially to blame for it, if not completely to blame, because he's the one that has to keep the, the players from, you know, being too exuberant during off-season workouts. Recliner QB, what do you think T.O. saw or experienced in Canton to cause him to not go anymore? I'm sorry, I should have read this before I answered it. I've already answered it. Asked and answered, as the lawyers say, although it wasn't previously asked, it was previously answered. The real four no with Charlie Ebersole talking about possibly doing some regional allocation. How will that work in balance with a possible expansion draft? Will we see teams draft future players that may flame out of the NFL like the CFL did with Johnny Manziel? I mean, look, I think there is wisdom in, for example, the team that's in Phoenix, former Arizona State and Arizona players or players with a geographical tie. Salt Lake City, players who who played at the University of Utah. San Diego, USC, UCLA, etc. Birmingham. I mean, you can figure it all out. There's, there's, I think, wisdom in that. If you just make it something that really does fill the gap between college and NFL, and one way to do that is have that existing interest where you're already rooting for the players. You've already known who the players are. The Real Forno did more research with NFL Game Pass. They have games available from 2011 on, but any game before 2016 wasn't available to watch. (laughs) Okay. So they're there, but you just can't watch it before 2016. On tour forever, any chance Dez goes to the Patriots considering Edelman's four-game suspension for PEDs? I'd be surprised. PFT Sponge, if Macy is our mascot, what is our team name? The Fighting Macy's? 
potential sponsors or something like the basement rug soakers. Yeah. Yeah. Are there dog diapers? I think that's the sponsorship that we need. On tour forever. Where do you think T.O. will hold his alternate Hall of Fame induction? My guess is Buffalo Wild Wings. I I, I think that he's going to find a uh, a network to televise this and, and pay for the party. I don't know that anybody's going to want to do it, but I think that would happen. Sergio D., would there be anything in the Hall of Fame bylaws that could allow them to rescind their invitation to Terrell Owens? The fact that O.J. Simpson still has a bust in the Hall of Fame tells me no. Vaughn, have you heard anything more on the Grok contract situation? Seems like everything is roses now that he's on the field for OTAs. He's not on the field for OTAs. He's there for mandatory minicamp because he would have been fined $100,000 or so if he hadn't shown up. Uh, So uh, I don't think everything's fine yet. He's there for mandatory minicamp, and I bet next week he won't be back for the continuation of OTAs. I would bet that. If, If we could bet that in Delaware, I would bet that. Steph Boyer D wants to know, how often do you eat junk food? Define junk food, right? First, we have to define junk food. I mean, if in certain contexts, an answer depends upon what the meaning of the word is, is I think we have to know what junk food is. What is junk food? I don't go to fast food restaurants unless they want to sponsor the PFTPM podcast. Now, Pizza Hut, is that junk food? Because I'll get Pizza Hut when it's time to go watch a game in the barn. Are hot dogs junk food? Because we're cooking hot dogs tonight. What's junk food? We have little bags, individual servings of Fritos, Doritos, Cheetos down in the barn. I guess that counts as drunk, junk food. I may ha- Or drunk food. I may have that once a week at most. We'll have candy as well down in the barn. Drunk food once a week at most. I try to stay healthy. I mean, 53 very soon, very soon, extremely soon, amazingly soon. I work out every single day that I'm home. I don't like to work out on the road. These folks that like are committed to working out on the road, it's like, you know, your life's already turned upside down. You got to worry about finding a, an acceptable gym and the gyms in the hotels usually aren't good enough. And I no, I'll work out every day that I'm home. We got home from California the other night at seven o'clock, 730. I got on the bike before the hockey game and rode for 45 minutes. I will find time every day to work out without fail. Hopefully now that the dog's here, I'll still find time to do it. But, uh, you know, I try to, I try to, and and, and I try to watch quantity, right? A quality out, there's some play in the joints. I think the key is quantity. And I am down, uh, the, 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 hey, they shrunk my suits plan uh, has worked. I'm ahead of the game now. Almost 20 ahead of the game since uh, scouting combine. So maybe five more. Maybe maybe they'll need maybe they'll they'll need to actually take my suits in so it'll be easier to shrink them the next time around. Because you know it never lasts. It's just a matter of time. At bored to death, you've gone over your musical taste before, so we know what musicians you like. But what's a new song you've heard recently that you really enjoyed? New song? What a new song? I I. I <clears throat> You know, for a while, I would listen to that Serious Hits 1 channel, and I knew all the, the new songs. I don't really know many new songs right now. What are the new songs? What are the hits right now? I don't know. I've been listening to a lot of Green Day lately. I got this game on PS4. It's called Rocksmith. I don't know if I've talked about this before. It's like Guitar Hero 
for real guitars. And I took guitar lessons when I was a kid. And I have an old Gibson guitar from like 1978. And it was this old bluegrass hillbilly type guy who, you know, when he was teaching me, it's like, it never sound, I wanted it to sound like Kiss. And I wasn't nearly assertive enough to say, hey, hey, Mr. Bluegrass Hillbilly guy, can you teach me how to play like Ace Freely? I just thought, well, that's just what it is. And I don't know. I just, you know, I have to play for 20 years. And then all of a sudden you wake up one day and you play like Ace Freely. I didn't realize that there were effects involved. I didn't know what power chords were. I was learning how to read music and and the basic chords that they never play, rarely play, the C and the G and the F and all that shit. And uh, um, so anyway, I remember becoming aware of Rocksmith because when when Guitar Hero got popular, my kid loved it. My kid was, my kid, some of the hardest songs, he could play on the expert level with his back to the TV. It was amazing. And when he did that once, when he was like nine, I said, you better never bring home anything other than a hundred on every test that you have, if you're capable of that. And he looked at me like, oh shit, now I've done it. But Rocksmith, once I became aware of it, it's like, okay, I still got this old electric guitar. Um, This looks fairly basic. You get the thing, you plug it in and you tune the guitar and off you go. And it's amazing. And I got a lot of Kiss and Green Day songs that you can download. You can download hundreds of songs, if not thousands. It's probably not thousands. It's, it's, It's hundreds of songs. And so I've been listening to a lot of Green Day because they have some more Green Day songs I've gotten recently, especially Jesus of Suburbia, which is like a nine-minute opus, which is five different songs jammed together, and they just go from one to the next. And uh, so I've been listening to, to the American Idiot album a lot lately because I'm trying to master Jesus of Suburbia. I think I've got it 75%. And the thing about that game, the better you get, like, if you get to the point where you're really good at it, it takes away, like, the tab information, so you have to play it off of memory, which is not easy. So, um, anyway, to answer the question, I don't have a recent song. I guess if if the most recent Green Day album counts, which was Revolution Radio from a couple of years ago, that's the, that's the newest I can do for you. Sorry. Christus, Crustus Magustus. Why isn't anyone talking about Drew Brees becoming the all-time passing leader this season over under his four games? I think they have a time, so it's like a Monday night game or a Sunday night game, but I've been talking about it. I'm aware of it. Yeah, he's going to be the all-time passing leader. It's just a matter of time. All right, I should probably wrap this up. What do we have here? I'm looking for one good one to finish with. Uh, and we got a lot here today. How big is your dining room table? What boy? Some of these questions. Steph Boy RD, I appreciate your your uh, curiosity. Um yeah, uh, it's uh, it seats uh, how many? Twelve at least. So it's fairly big. We got both leaves in there. We got a nice spot for it in our house that we've been in for. It's already been four years now. It's amazing. Can we get Steve Young on the show? I, uh, you know, I've said some things about Steve Young over the year that he probably doesn't appreciate. So I don't know that that'll happen. Andrew Ye wants to know what I was thinking when I heard Derek Dennis Erickson's name. You must have missed the day that we talked about this, Andrew Ye. Because it came up that afternoon. We were talking about the AAF and we were talking about the coaches and how the coaches' names were popping up as the team cities were popping up. And Dennis Erickson's name came up. And I said on PFT Live, you know, when I heard Derek er- Dennis Erickson, the first thing I thought was, oh, never mind, I won't say it. And Stats knew what I was talking about. And, and then it came up during the PFT PM podcast that day. My first thought was Dennis Erickson. He's still alive. So that's what I was thinking. Should we end it right there? Should we? Yeah, let's end it there. 
Tomorrow, Greg Rosenthal, unless I end up on doggy duty again. D-U-T-Y, although it quickly becomes D-O-O-D-Y. Is it D-O-O-D-Y or D-O-O-D-I-E? I'm not quite sure of the proper pronunciation of duty, the Spalding duty. Who can we ask? Think Dan Quayle knows how to spell duty? All right, that's it. PFT Live tomorrow morning, Yannick Ngakwe. Easier to spell duty. Although, I can spell Yannick Ngakwe. Y-A-N-N-I-C-K-N-G-A-K-O-U-E. Yannick Ngakwe. There. We'll talk to him tomorrow on PFT Live. Greg Rosenthal. 3G Greg Rosenthal tomorrow on the PFTPM podcast. Have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow. You can find the PFTPM podcast on Art19, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you like what you hear, and you will, subscribe for automatic downloads. Leave a rating and review. That'll help new listeners find our show and push us up the charts. Search PFTPM for your evening update from Pro Football Talk.